Go Sopranos. Our gospel lesson this morning comes to us from John chapter 20. It is a continuation of the Holy Easter resurrection story. So listen up because it continues to be really good. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the religious authorities, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, He showed him his hands and his side. And the disciples rejoiced when they said, and saw the Lord. And Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the creator has sent me, so I send you. And when he said this, listen to this, he breathed on them. And he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. And so the other disciples told him, we've seen the Lord. But Thomas said to them, unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, the disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were still shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. And then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's look together at the image of the painting on the cover of your bulletin. It is a work entitled The Upper Room. Now, if we were in small groups, I would invite you to share with one another what you notice. First, the obvious, so much color. It creates a certain energy, doesn't it? And the painting is crowded with people, the disciples and other Jesus followers. Plus, there are items like bread and fish, bowls of fruit. Maybe there's even a baby. I'd like to imagine that those are some leftover palms from a few weeks ago in the bottom left corner. Do you see them? And yet there's a darkness to it all as well. The black pigment and the abstract expressions on the faces reveal that perhaps these folks might be on edge. Is it the Last Supper? The night Jesus washed the disciples' feet before Judas' betrayal and Peter's denial. The night of his arraignment and crucifixion. Or is it Easter Sunday? The day of new life, the moment when Peter and the beloved disciple run back from the empty tomb to hide at the home in the upper room. Think with me. Think that this painting depicts the followers huddled together in that upper room behind locked doors, worried and wondering what might have happened to the body of Jesus. They are frightful. They're scared of the authorities might come for them next. Now, lastly, notice the proximity to one another in the painting. It's crowded, right? It looks like they're touching. 
Can you remember the last time that you were scared or sad? Were you able to reach out for a hug or some kind of physical reassurance that all would be well? Let's pause here for a moment to think about this instinct for a reassuring touch when we are worried or anxious or grieving. I want to focus on the power of touch because John's gospel story this morning is a story of touch. Remember when new babies are born, it's common for the parents to hold them, the infant, on their chest for what is called skin-to-skin contact. The baby's skin touches the parent's skin. And the effects of this contact form the bonding patterns as the infant begins life outside the womb and recovers from the trauma of the birthing experience. It's beautiful. And for those of you who run long distances, especially races like mini and full marathons, you know the restorative feeling of a deep tissue massage, how it reinvigorates the muscles to relax and to begin their healing process. And then there are physical therapists who, through their careful touches, invite us to push through pain toward healing and new movement in our bones and our muscles. Think about the soothing comfort of petting a cat or a dog. Personally, one of the most challenging parts of the pandemic was the lack of touch. Amen? Not being able to hug our friends or shake one another's hands during passing of the peace was awful. And I so loved Ash Wednesday this year as you came forward and I got to touch your forehead in the mark of the Ashen Cross. I know you miss these things too, these things that we would often take for granted, things like loving your children or celebrating with a high five to your best friend or linking arms with someone you cherish or holding tenderly somebody who is sick and even dying. There is a vulnerability to touch, that when we really see someone and gently touch them, we are together marked with compassion and grace. In turn, lack of touch is detrimental. Physical isolation might leave us in despair or adrift in a sea of loneliness. There was an article in the New York Times just this week about how loneliness can lead to a variety of health concerns. When we are lonely, we further withdraw and find ourselves disembodied, or if there is touch, it might feel hollow. Even still, Unwanted touch or physical violence, it can interrupt our peace, it can disenfranchise us from our bodies, and it can oppress our spirit. I trust that each of us in this sanctuary this morning, we know the longing for touch, we know the fear of touch, just as we know the joy of touch. There is great power in our ability to give and receive touch from one and to another. Unless I put my mark on the nails in my hand in his side, I will not believe, Thomas said. Do you see how this is a story about touch? Thomas wasn't there. He wasn't there the week earlier, the first time Jesus appeared behind the locked doors. Imagine what Thomas missed that day. Remember that Peter had denied Jesus? So I imagine him in the room feeling pretty sheepish. 
Remember that Judas is also dead at this point, and so the disciples are perhaps grieving his betrayal as well. And remember that even though Mary Magdalene believed and proclaimed the resurrection, the men retreated to the upper room to hide out in their disbelief. Into this scene of fear and apprehension and shame, Jesus appears saying, peace be with you. Can you imagine their shock? Their questions, their disbelief. Imagine that once they've been able to gather their wits about them, each disciple might want to respond physically and hug Jesus and kiss him and see firsthand the trauma that had been inflicted on his body. Jesus, listen to this, in his vulnerability, with his wounds and his woundedness on display, he met the disciples in their own need for healing. Because you see, touch brings us back into relationship. It connects us to the present moment. It helps us notice our bodies again. And Thomas missed this. Of course he wanted to see and touch Jesus for himself. He missed the restoration that Jesus had with the others. Thomas was asking for what the other disciples had already received. And the other disciples also doubted. They also were unable to believe Mary when she told them of the resurrection at the tomb. So in his great love for Thomas, Jesus appears again a week later to the disciples who are still locked away in the room. This second time, bypassing the doors again, he holds out his hands to Thomas saying, here you go. Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand, put it here in my side. Friends, this compassion is revolutionary. In high school, I was so sick with depression and a crippling perfectionism and an eating disorder. And I needed and longed for a literal physical touch from God. I needed to know that God would hold me and forgive me and tenderly equip me for each new day. I needed a promise that I was not alone but still and always worthy In my fundamentalism then, I lacked the knowledge that I have now that God was present to me, consoling me, present in the hugs of my mom or the hand-holding of friends that they gifted me in the nourishment of my pastors. Do you see that God longs to connect with us in ways that call us back into the present moment? that call us back into relationship with one another and with our bodies, which are good and pleasing to God. Consider the beautiful ministry of Free Mom Hugs. Are you familiar with this organization? Their motto is building a better world one hug at a time. And they promote this through their mission of empowering the world to celebrate the LGBTQIA plus community through visibility, education, and conversation. The founder, Sarah Cunningham, is a mom who began her advocacy journey with the LGBTQ community through relationship with her gay son. And while the organization focuses on a variety of actions, the name itself of the organization conveys what so many people need, free mom hugs. 
Through their literal hugs, this nonprofit reveals the power of healing touch. So when you are at pride parades or other LGBT affirming events and you see these allies, moms and dads, parents and friends and siblings hugging members of the LGBTQ community, many of whom whose parents and family members struggle to accept and touch them in their queerness, well, the hugging offers healing acceptance for everybody who experiences the hug. There is great potential and power in healing touch. As Easter people, and like Thomas, we are free to claim our need for healing touch and for wholeness and for a new way to believe in the God of love, especially in the darkness of the world today. Our equivalent to the upper room where we hide and wait in our grief, where we are not sure if there will ever be any more good news, where wars break out around us and political leaders fight. There is for each of us also a place where we are free to demand of Jesus, of God, of the Holy Spirit, a divine touch. Prove to us, O God, that all is not lost because we are sad and scared and anxious and doing our best. And we get stuck in the past or are fear-ridden about the future. We miss the present. We dissociate. We deny the wonders of our bodies. We disconnect ourselves from one another in this myth of independence. We do not feel safe. And like Thomas, we struggle to believe that it is really you reaching out to us. Now, whether or not you can make sense of the resurrection or believe in it is, in my opinion, beside the point. Rather, the point is this. Let us put our hands in Jesus' hands. Let us touch his pierced side. Let us find healing in our interconnectedness. And together, may we be so stunned by the beauty and the profundity of Jesus' vulnerability and Jesus' willingness to meet us exactly where we are, even when we are in hiding, to share in our sorrow, in our pain, that we are saved. Saved from our loneliness, saved from our self-rejection, saved from compartmentalism, Saved from our own wounding traumas and the systems that continue to hurt God's children. And in our salvation, we too receive the breath of God's spirit. Remember that Jesus breathed on them? It is the breath that empowers us to keep offering God's behalf of touches of grace and justice and wholeness and acceptance and love to a world and to God's children, especially to those still rightly so locked away in fear. Trauma is real. Traumas like grief and natural disaster, trauma like family separation at borders and ongoing racism, 
trauma to our trans siblings still fighting for a place at the table and the trauma that each of us hold from our own hurts and pains and sicknesses and diseases. Thomas and the others show us that it is totally okay to need proof that goodness still exists in the world. Shame and denial, the feelings of unworthiness of the injustices that fragment our society will not have the final word. That's what this Easter season promises. For me, that's what the image on the cover of the bulletin portrays, a freedom to receive God's spirit, to feel God's breath, and to bravely re-enter the world, even in the aftermath of trauma. Together, healed from holy resurrection touch, we are able to emerge as a church collectively and bravely and creatively from the upper room to share this transforming love. May we all confess with Thomas and the disciples, like our baptismal candidates do, my Lord and my God. Let us touch the wounds that they might be healed. Let us put our hand in the pierced side that we might believe, that we might participate in embodying healing touch for others. Oh, church, may we too believe. Amen.